You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so grateful to get to talk with you today on the Enneagram and Marriage pod in this mini episode about the rejection triad of the harmony groups. Now that may sound like a mouthful for you, but I'm going to spell it all out in this mini episode and hopefully help you, those of you especially who are twos, fives, or eights, or married to somebody who's a two, five, or eight to really process what I mean by this also in terms of your harmony groups and why it matters. And I'll just briefly let you know that Dr. David Daniels and others theorize that harmony groups in the Enneagram were various groupings that we're not really used to. It's not a head, heart, and body group. It's not a subtype grouping. It's a different type of grouping. And way back early in the Enneagram and Marriage vault, you'll find that I did uh, an entire episode on this too. So you can dig back also for a fuller episode on this. But I wanted to just on this episode highlight the basics of the harmony groups as well as to let you know about that two five and eight in that rejection group. So anyway, I want to let you know that in general, the harmony groups really discuss worldview in this case. This group is not the harmonic group where we're talking about conflict, but the harmony group. And I realize that the name is similar, but overall, these are just various groups of Enneagram types that share a common issue. And in this case, you heard me say the two, five, and eight all share the desire to not be rejected. It's a really big thing for each of them to experience not being rejected. So in various ways, they reject their own needs. Another really common name for this grouping is the relationist triad. And normally I discuss it from that point of view, but I actually changed it to rejection group this time because I wanted you guys to really see the heart of the matter. And when we say relationist, what's helpful about that title is that uh, a lot of people don't know that fives and eights really are thinking a lot about their dynamics with people. Uh, they're more thinking eights are leaders and you know fives like to take a step back. And those things are true often, but what they're forgetting is that all, like the two, they are all very relational in terms of thinking about people and how they relate to them. And that's a very common part of their everyday engagement and, and what troubles them and what makes them succeed. So However, like I said, I really like the word rejection triad better because we get right down to it in terms of their worldview. They want to be relational, but they also want to avoid rejection. So they do like to nurture others, all three types. And that's just one more thing they all have in common. 
but often they have issues of not being nurtured in their relationship. And so sometimes they try to counter this rejection by using their talents. And type twos are driven by their desire to be needed and help. And so you know about twos that they often reject their own needs. Or if you're a two, you know you've probably done that. And they feel like, well, I'm going to help others and that will stop me from being rejected. And then you also get the negative from that, which is their sense of self is based on rejecting their own needs and helping others. And that's not healthy. So in marriage, you want to be able to have that conversation. This is something I'm discovering. This is something I'm learning. What can we do about this as a couple so that we're aware of this pattern and so that the other spouse isn't leaning in and rejecting them because the two is setting it up for that or that the other spouse can just help the two to develop the healthier self-belief that they are going to be attractive to some and rejected by others. And that is just human science. It's human fact. So it's also okay to say, you know, we can't please everybody and nobody can do that. So that's healthy and it's humbling for the two. Um, So those are the things I'd like you to focus on in marriage if you're a two or with a two. And then a five, fives are driven by their needs of knowledge, their need for knowledge, and they're quite withdrawn at times. So they often minimize their own needs and they often find that they are really making strides in the world with their intellect, as you know. And so many fives that we've talked to out there are so comfortable in the information sharing space and they're very independent. So what happens if they are rejected, but they have all of this around them, surrounding them, this intellectualization, they feel comfortable. They're like, I'm stable here. I know that I'm worthy. I know that I love myself. Um, I know that I take care of me. Um, And yet there's this inner even self-rejection sometimes because that sense of self is based on, you know, not a true I'm worthy, but just minimizing their own needs and building up their, you know, ability to help others with information to combat the rejection. And so what I want fives and their spouses to do is focus in on the spouse really building up the five. A lot of fives really need helpful and true words of affirmation so that they're not having to keep spitting out information to others or find their validation from others. And I think that that's important. I've seen a lot of celebrities and couples struggle with the five looking to others to find their worth. And I think it's really helpful to be able to say, I'm going to help you with that as a spouse, but also for the five to do some of their own work in this area might look like them doing something that seems very foreign at first, but even creating an affirmation journal. These are the things that I've done. These are the things I'm good at in general and doesn't have to be the best. And remember that fives that you don't have to be the best, but to be able to say I have some aptitude at least, and I perhaps know more than some people or have a special talent in this area. Um, Also, perhaps there's a spiritual component here. I have worth because I'm alive, but either way, it's an important piece for the fives with this deep hidden rejection wound that can really shape their worldview about moving back from the world in order to not be rejected. So check this out in your marriage. Talk about this. Dialogue about this. I think it's really important. And then lastly, the eights. I think that eights really are driven by their need to be strong and they really want to make sure that others don't reject them or see their vulnerable side. A lot of times they're feeling like, you know, I've already been hurt in my life. I've come to realize that people can be mean. And so I will be the first to reject if there is anybody who's going to reject. And I will show up strong so that other people uh, really respect me. And I think there are some people in your life that you're going to find, yes, 
they only love you when you show up strong and might makes right types of people. But I think that those people are fair weather friends. I also know that every human may have some of this in them. But I just want to echo the fact that I think that it's a worthy piece of work for you to do as an eight or with an eight to really start to dig into some healthy vulnerability together as a couple and really help to affirm your eight partner that you're not going anywhere and you're not rejecting them and that you see this, you see how they feel like they have to put on this front of being the strongest and you just want to be there to remind them that they're beloved even in moments of weakness and then show them that because you sometimes either get also get wrapped up in it, don't know what to do and don't show them the love that they need and sometimes they might even do a bit of testing here and I want to discourage that. But instead, let life carry you guys and understand that your spouse can do some things for you, but not everything. And so you do have to ultimately have a trust and a faith, and that's hard for eights. But it's important that you understand that your spouse cannot be God for you, and you have to realize that there's a control that's greater than either of you in the world. So releasing that judgment brings you to that virtue of innocence and helps you to be able to put that on in a beautiful way. So I just want to encourage you to really look at your rejection wounds and how you really do long to be relational, but that once you can set this aside a little bit more and say, you know, some are going to reject me and some are all about strength and unless I'm strong, they'll reject me, but other people really do love me. They just do. They care and I need to find those people. So I think that I would hate for you to lose your partner just because they're showing vulnerability and weakness because that's part of the human experience. You know, we have a birthday and an expiration date both and we need to acknowledge those things humbly and work hard and be as strong as possible and also rest. But just don't let your fears of what's happened before carry you to the future. You're not a mind reader and there are kind people out there who would love to be part of your inner circle, even if it's just four or five people that you really do try to invest in learning and knowing. Um, I know you'll find some individuals and couples who you can trust that it's not all about you protecting them or being their strong hero, but really loving you, even though you are not always strong. So that's what I want to say to those of you who are so highly relational and in that rejection triad. I want you to remember those basic tenets that twos avoid rejection and will move out of a relationship in a way and fives will move back and and eights will aggress against so that you don't take them down. But all of these people greatly love people and are relational. So just learn to give that to the love that they're looking for. Give that five a little space, but also that aptitude and reminder of their strength and their empowerment and their worth. And give that eight a chance to let down and share their heart with you with all the protecting they do of others. And that will be your part to do as a spouse. And then you already heard me say, if you're a two, five or eight, be doing your work too. This is important. Oh, And if you want to really invest in the deeper dives, we have them for you at enneagramandmarriage.com and you can get a deep dive on your type so that you have even more nuance for moving. And we also have couples pairing guides so that you can learn more about each of the types with each of the other types. Okay, have a wonderful day. Bye guys. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. 
visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.